are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Good morning to you. Thank you for being here live. I'm going to play the shofar video. It's about three minutes long. And I have a personal request of you this morning. About 30 minutes ago, I was informed that my nephew is uh, in and out of hospital right now. He's a young, strapping, athletic, intelligent young man who takes care of himself. Um, Many of you, the first thing that you jump to is, did he participate in the program that was offered? The answer to that question is yes. So while I play this, by the way, my wife, if you're in the prayers channel on Telegram, my wife has posted some details there. Um, I'm just going to ask if you wouldn't mind during the uh, the three-minute shofar video to pray for my nephew. Uh, we've prayed fervently already, but I really do believe in prayer, and I'm not ashamed to ask. This is... Uh, of real importance to me. So here comes the shofar, and uh, I'll open us up in prayer when I come back.
thank you for your prayers, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm a bit choked up. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for this day. I give you thanks for the power of your prayer. And I give you thanks that you're a good God. Lord, in reading these scriptures today, I pray that the Holy Spirit takes over. And Lord, that you speak directly. I humbly submit myself to you. Lord Jesus, and I give the Holy Spirit full permission to speak through me. May the Father be glorified through the Son and by the Holy Ghost. I pray for each and every one that's here, Lord, that you give them an understanding of your word, not the interpretation by Jeff, but the interpretation by the Holy Spirit. Lord, this is your word. And your word is power. Your word is alive. And your word is our instruction and our guide to navigate through this fallen world that we live in. We thank you that you did not leave us alone. You left us with your instruction. And in this generation, you have sent your Holy Spirit to be upon us when you sacrificed yourself on the cross, Lord for us. And it's a high call that you give us, Lord. And particularly, it's written by Paul in this chapter via your Holy Spirit. So I pray your words impress on every heart and Lord, that even this chapter may be life-changing for each one who's here. I pray for the health and provision in each and every one that is here today. And Lord, I just continue to pray to lift up Jonathan and Lord, use this for your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> just a reminder, when we started the book of Ephesians, the it's six chapters long and the first three chapters really affirm who we are in Christ. And the next three chapters, which we started uh, in chapter four, now we're in five, and then to six, instruct us how to walk out our faith in Jesus. And when I started this series, I knew I'd eventually get to this chapter. And I must admit, of all the chapters in this epistle to the Ephesians, this is the one that I've had the most trepidation about sharing. And there's many reasons, and I'm just going to speak truthfully from my heart to you. Um, the first part of this chapter, if I get it wrong, I believe that there can be eternal consequences to it. Um, because there's, it's a, there's a, a couple points made here that I want to be sure 
to get right. And I'm praying fervently through that. And the other part of it, truthfully, is uh, the last part of the chapter I was actually looking forward to doing, but uh, possibly for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, but I really believe the Lord has uh, got a great message for us. And my desire when praying about this chapter is that I would do it in one sitting and just kind of blow through it. I don't know if the Lord is going to honor that prayer. Um, quite honestly, I could probably take, you know, five, six, seven weeks on this chapter. And one of the things, you know, when I do these studies, it's very tempting. And, and I know most others will pull in the word from other parts of the Bible to solidify a point and stuff like that. And I, I try to just do it verse by verse and let the chapters speak for themselves. And I rarely will go to another scripture, but out of God's grace and mercy, he gave me another scripture that I'm going to read with this. And it's not the obvious one. The obvious one would be going to Matthew chapter five, where Jesus uh, instructs us to love one another and stuff like that. And I'll just tell you where this idea started to boil over in my spirit. The heading of this uh, chapter is to be an imitator of Christ. And I thought, what better way, and, and in a smart-ass way, I'm just going to tell you, um, was, you know, to be an imitator of Christ, well, just read his word, read the red letters of the Bible. And uh, that is a good way to be an imitator of Christ. And I don't say that in a mocking way at all. It's just, I was going to do it as a kind of a funny example. And in doing that, the Lord gave me a scripture, which you would never equate with this. Um, and it's one of my favorite parables in the Bible. And uh, what is really unique, and it's a parable that I'm probably most familiar with. I've taught on it for years and the Lord gave me a really interesting twist to it. And uh, I think you're going to be really surprised at the end of this. I'm going to reveal what the twist is and how it applies to us. And, and I don't think anyone else has ever said this before. I really believe this is uniquely given to me and, uh, and I'm going to share it with you and, you know, maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't agree. But it's, uh, I think it's profound and it's equipping and edifying to each one of us as we go through this. So may the uh, Lord bless the reading of his word. I'm going to start by reading the chapter five and then I'll go straight into the uh, other one that he gave me. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. 
But sexual immortality or immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you as it is proper among the saints. And there must be no filthiness or foolish talk or vulgar joking, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no sexual immoral or impure or greedy person, which amounts to an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. See that no one deceives you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. As you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and to our God and Father. And subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. I'm just going to stop there for one second. All those things, to me, seem impossible in my flesh suit. Maybe you're thinking the same. I think God's going to give us something good this morning. Verse 22. Wives... Subject yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being a savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he may present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are all parts of the body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, as for you individually, each husband is to love his own wife with the same as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So the other part that has me in trepidation is this last part, because... Uh, you know, a good portion of of this audience is female, obviously, and uh, and I'm also married. And if I get this part wrong, my life could be a living hell. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, when I get to this part, I'm going to show you what a romantic I am. However, using the scripture, <laughs> you all will probably get a pretty good laugh at my expense. Um, all right, now I'm just going to read the parable that was given to me. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to honestly think, why are you reading this, Jeff? <laughs> Matthew 25 verse 14 and on. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability, and he went on the journey. The one who had received the five talents immediately went and did his business with them and earned five more talents. In the same way, the one who had received the two talents earned two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me, so I have earned five more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, 
good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See that I have earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter the joy of your master. Now the one who had received the one talent also came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. And I was afraid, so I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you still have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You worthless and lazy slave. Did you know that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter seed? Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, Take the one talent away from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. And throw away the worthless slave into the outer darkness. Into that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You guys know that I talk on money and this is one of the key things. But the Lord's going to use this scripture in a very different way today. And... Man, I I just, I was almost jumping for joy when he showed me this. And I think you, you will be excited as well. So use that as a placeholder. And by the way, it's worth mentioning that that uh, comes after, right immediately after the virgins with the oil parable. Um, You should go read that as well. Because in this chapter 5 of Ephesians, it's a very high call and it's a very high bar. And this should be a little bit scary to us. But the Lord does not want to put fear in your heart. The Lord and God our Father, the Holy Spirit, wish to give us instruction that is good for us, not only in this flesh suit, but for all of eternity. You see, gold and silver are not going to pass through into the next life. But how we stewarded the word of God And the other things, the other talents that the Lord has given us and the souls that are one on behalf of Jesus 
these things do pass through. And when he's talking about giving greater responsibilities, I am thoroughly convinced he is talking about in the next life as well as in this life. Because God is the same yesterday as today and tomorrow. He'll be the same. He is not changing. He's not changing his ways. So let's start digging in. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm already convinced the Lord's not going to let me get through the chapter. So um, hallelujah. <laughs> Your will be done, not mine. Lord, verse five, or chapter five, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. We are literally being instructed to imitate the life of Jesus. Now, in all fairness, Jesus had a pretty significant, and that could be the understatement of all of eternity. Uh, he had the significant of advantage of being God before coming into this flesh suit. Um, you and I, we are made in the image of God, but make no mistake, we are not God. We were born into sin. We were born into a sinful world. This is why Jesus gave himself up on the cross, to cover your sins. So please don't doubt your salvation if you've messed up. I want to just be really clear on that. Uh, now, some of you, uh, someone may have just said the prayer and then didn't really mean it and their life didn't change. Well, um, <laughs> weeping and gnashing of teeth, folks. Uh, that's God's word, not Jeff's. You know, there's that old saying, what would Jesus do? And in almost any situation, if you apply that simple acronym, WWJD, um, it's really helpful. But I'm going to give you some really great tools. And I know I sound like a uh, broken record sometimes, uh, but it's for good. <laughs> He had, he's given us the tools here and, you know, in that, in that parable I shared about the talents, one of the things that, uh, is a common teaching and it's a teaching of the world, but it, it is a true teaching. And I believe it's actually supported by scripture in many ways. And, you know, there's that the saying is that your network is your net worth. So you are the median of the five closest people in your life. It just happens to be true. If you hang out with a bunch of wealthy people who know how to make money and stuff like that, you are most likely to start making money and to start advancing. If you hang out with people who are impoverished, 
you are most likely to go down that route. If you hang out with a bunch of potheads, you're probably going to start smoking pot. Um, if you hang around people with foul mouths, you're probably going to speak foul. And even you and I, good Christian, how many of us have led dual lives? You know, when we're around the church crowd, we're holy and sanctified, but then we go around our old friends and we let out the F word from time to time, tell a dirty joke. We're, we can't do that anymore. And one of the hardest things for me, and thankfully the, the Lord has aided uh, me in this, uh, it's walking away from a lot of older relationships. And it doesn't mean I burn the bridge with them, but I can't be part of that anymore. I can't, it can't be a regular part of my life. Will I spend time with them from time to time? Yeah but I can't be a part of it anymore because it takes me away from my calling and it does you as well. And I'm not telling you to separate from the world. How can you go get lost souls if you don't visit lost souls? And this is one of your duties. Be an imitator of Christ. Christ went to the woman of the well. He went and healed the sick and the lame. We can do that stuff too. And I guess one of the points is with having said all that uh, and your network is your net worth. One of the best ways to be an imitator of Christ is to make sure that he's in your top five that you hang out with. Hopefully number one. Do you spend more time reading Jesus's word and praying than you do with your friends? And listen, it might be impossible for you uh, to do that if you work full time or something like that. But even at work, in your workplace, every business decision you make or everything you do, or if you're told to do something by your boss and you don't want to do it, what would Jesus do? So you can spend that time with him and put him as the center and the focus of your life. We are called to pray without ceasing. That means don't be distracted by work. And by the way, the Holy Spirit, no matter what your vocation in life is, is your unfair advantage over the world. You know, it, later in the chapter, it says to be the light. Well, when you walk into a room and you turn on a light switch, the darkness is exposed and it's banished because of the light. So when you go around those people, you really do need to be the light. Jesus was always the light, never failing. We're going to fail. But the more we spend time with him and in his word, the less we're going to stumble. You know, last night I joined Singapore 
late. Um, I don't want to get derailed with what I was doing, but perhaps another time I'm going to talk about a lesson from a movie I saw yesterday, the Jesus Revolution. I, it really struck me this morning what the lesson was. Um, and it's just, it's good Christian entertainment. I, I won't put any more stock in it than that, but um, I enjoyed it. And there's a lesson in it. It's not obvious. The lay person wouldn't get it. But to spend more time with him and in his word, we're just going to start to imitate him more and more. And then, verse 2, it's much easier for us to walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God. Do you offer your time to the Lord? Time is your greatest asset. Who do you spend the most time with? None of us are perfect. I get it. But let me encourage you to do these things. And time can be that sacrifice. Could be other things in your life as well. And make it a sweet aroma to the Lord. He gave himself up. And how much of yourself are you willing to give up for him? This is this is tough, folks. I, I I'm telling you, as I read these scriptures, I'm being reminded, and and it's not from the devil. I'm being reminded by the Lord's word how much I still have to offer to the Lord and to lay down for him. There is so much more. And I don't think I'll ever finish that pursuit. Not until I get the new body. But I just pray I sin less every day. And one of the things mentioned, uh, this is where I was going when I mentioned singing poor last night, is when I did the new goggles series, I probably got more out of it than any of you ever will. I had studied those scriptures for many years, but doing that particular series, I really had to spend time in the word. And in so many different sections, it just... It was such a completeness for me. And I know many people even mentioned it yesterday on the call that, uh, you know, that really was a pivoting point in my walk that you guys get to get to see. Uh, I put myself out here and just in realness, you know, live right in the real world. Uh, well, the real world is a fallen world, and to choose to live right in it is not the easiest thing to do. In fact, it's definitely not the easiest thing to do.
verse three. That actually, let me just say one other thing here. I'm sorry, my train of thought's probably a little bit more scrambled because of the events of this morning. But at the end of this chapter, it talks a lot about the marriage, and I know that there's many of you who are not married. You know, Paul says it's better for someone not to be married and to just have Christ as your husband. And that's even for men. No, it's not a gay thing. He's the head of the church. We are his bride. Um, so don't be dismissive of the latter part of this chapter if you're single because it applies to your relationship with Christ, just as uh, he's giving us instruction for how to walk out our faith in the flesh here. And men and women are very, very different. And we struggle with these things in different ways. So, but sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you. And he goes on uh, about sexual immorality a little bit more. Look, it's a, it's a big thing. And it, it's a struggle because it, it's so in your face in the world. The world promotes promiscuity in so many ways and for men and women we react to these things in different ways and we need to recognize that and just in a general statement you know a, a woman who is promiscuous a lot of the time she's not really doing it for the satisfaction of the flesh, but to fill an inner missing part of herself. She's wanting to, you know, fill that void and obviously looking in the wrong places because God can do that. And if that woman who's promiscuous spent more time in the Lord she would not be promiscuous like she was. And just like, and men, you know, for them in general, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen other ways, for men, it is more of a power and a thing of the flesh. And right at the very end of this chapter, it says that, uh, women need to respect their husbands. And for men who are promiscuous, I think a lot of the time it comes down to they don't feel they get enough respect. And so men try to fill that void because respect is very important for men. Ladies, pay attention to that. It's very important for men. And so we try to accomplish these empty this emptiness that is this flesh walk that we have and it is empty trust me i've tried all the things to try to fill these voids 
and <laughs> I did it professionally. And how empty it truly is. It just makes things worse. It amplifies the grossness in your life. And, and once you got, start going down that slippery slope, it gets more slippery. And one thing leads to another. And when you go down these ways, you know, as a man, if you just look at pornography, those images will haunt you. And it will lead to a worse thing because first it's pornography, then it's an affair. And then the the cravenness gets worse and worse. We really have to protect our minds. Garbage in, garbage comes out. And then it says, or any impurity or greed. And greed is something that the Lord warns significantly about. And I'm going to just change the word greed for the word mammon. Because essentially the definition of mammon, which is a spirit, which is a fallen host, and is one of the most powerful entities in this world, is greed. Jesus said, you cannot worship God and mammon. He could have said you can't worship the devil and God, but actually some people do that. But you cannot worship greed. And these things should not even be mentioned among you. Now, I mentioned them, obviously, for teaching purposes. But to go out and just to talk about this stuff, here's an example. If you, someone you care about, that woman at the well, or, you know, insert that person in your life who's not saved. And you go and you hammer them with the truth. You hammer them. Because of your sexual immorality, you're going to burn in hell. Well, those are true words. But... Is that the way Jesus did it? Are you going to bring that person to salvation? Maybe. Here's the lesson I get out of this. Sometimes, just listen to this. This is where it comes from. Must not be even mentioned among you as it is proper among the saints, and there must be no filthiness. You know, sometimes to that person who's trapped in sin, 
that you want to witness to? Maybe, just maybe, and there's a time for both ways, but maybe just shut your mouth and let your light shine. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever really just trusted the Lord enough to just sit there and smile at someone and love them as who they are? Give them a big hug. And if you do say anything, I'm just going to do a refrain to last week because it it's just was so impactful on my life when my pastor said to me, you know, as you get closer to Jesus, these things aren't going to matter so much to you. How much time are you given to the Lord? And you know what? These Sunday services, um, you know, on YouTube, I get like three or 400. Sometimes they go up to a thousand after a few weeks, people. On Podbean, you know, within a day or so, it, it's usually about uh, 1.5 thousand. And then, you know, eventually it goes up to about 5,000. Sometimes I get 10,000 people for one of these uh, Sunday shows on the top end. Uh, it used to be more, but the uh, the Lord has changed that for his glory. But it's, I, I don't do these shows for me. I, I probably get more out of it than many of you because I spend more time in the Lord than I normally would because I take this so seriously. But, you know, if I miss a show on a Tuesday or a show on a Wednesday, um, for the first couple of years, I really took that seriously and I never missed. Uh, it would be rare if I even missed any. Uh, now I'm at the point where, look, I can skip one of those shows and maybe prepare more for another one or go and do something else. But these shows are the least watched of all the shows that I do. And I hate to even call them shows, but they are. But I, I feel just a responsibility to do this because some of you don't have a church. And to some of you, this might be your church time. And right now, it is my church time. So, I don't know why I was saying all that. A little scrambled today. Um... I'm going to, sorry, I just caught a comment and I'm going to read it out loud. I'm not going to give the person's name on air, but uh, it says hard to respect a man 
that rages and throws up the old you constantly, sides against you always. I'm having a hard time with this one. Only shows this side out of others' view. Um, sister, uh, th this chapter actually gives you the answer to that. And we, we're not going to get there today, but stay with us because you're going to have the answer and it's going to be satisfying to you. And it's actually going to be a release. This is not a uh, call for women to be less than men because women are not less than men. And I, I, in fact, recently I was accused by a family member uh, because of my beliefs in the Bible of bringing, you know, women back to the 1950s. <laughs> the, Christ did more to lift up women than any man has ever done or will ever do. It is a release for a woman to be obedient to Christ in this. And when we get to that section, it's going to be very clear. So don't have strife in your life about that section. We will get there. So there must be no foolish talk or vulgar joking, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. So that's quite a contrast. It says, don't go out and do vulgar jokes and stuff like that, but just give thanks. How, how does he go from one to the other? Paul is such a high level writer. <laughs> the Lord really used him. And obviously he gave him a lot of space in the new Testament uh, because of Paul's upbringing and his understanding and his intellectual merit. And some of this can go right over our heads unless we take time with it. But really, that is the answer. Instead of being a part of what the world does, the vulgar joking and the filthiness, to be giving thanks. Friend, I, I give thanks that I don't have to use those words anymore. You know, the vulgar joking and stuff like that. And, you know, my, uh, I may have told this story before. And if I have, it was a long time ago. So it's worth repeating. My mother was a Christian and then she fell into atheism because she saw a lot of these televangelists and stuff like that and thought it was all phony baloney and she fell away from the faith. But my mother was very, very wise. And, you know, she was kind of like the perfect mom. She was a stay-at-home mom, devoted her life to her kids, um, was just loving and upright, good woman. And concerning vulgar language, I remember the time, you know, right out of high school, I became pretty successful. In fact, like my dad was... Uh, an electrician, many years, uh, very accomplished. He was one of the first to get into programmable controllers, which is automation and stuff like that. He was always at the cutting edge of the trade. And yet my very first year out of high school, I actually made more money than my father did. And so I felt I was a, a, I was a boastful, 
young man, not in the Lord, obviously at that time. And man, I felt like a real man. And when I went to my mom, I, I remember it was premeditated. <laughs> I couldn't wait to be able to say the F word in front of my mom. Because I'm a man now. I'm not her little boy anymore. I'm a man and I want to be treated like a man. So I'm going to act like a man and say all these vulgar words. So I did. And what my mother said to me changed my life. Now, I still swore, uh, said bad words after this. And, and actually, when I got saved, they just completely went away from me. But my use of vulgarity diminished extremely <laughs> after she said these words to me. And she said, you know, people who use words like that are just showing how ignorant they are. She goes, what, when you use those words, you're telling people that you're not intelligent enough to finish a sentence without throwing in a vulgar word. It's because you can't think clearly. And the last thing I wanted at that time in my life was for people to think I was stupid because I was not stupid. So keep that in mind. If you're in the way and when you're around that other crowd, you know who I'm talking about. Do you let it slip in just because you want to fit in with them? You want to be part of the crowd? You want to tell them I'm as dumb as you? Instead, give thanks. You know what? I, I hear you use a lot of those words, and uh, I'm thankful I don't have to use them anymore. And I can just speak in love to you, no matter what you throw at me. Oh, I wish I was totally there. Verse 5, For this you know with certainty, that no sexual, immoral, or impure, or greedy person, which amounts to an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And this is the verse that I was having trepidation over. Because it's very clear it is very clear. Let me read it to you one more time. For this you know with certainty that no sexual, immoral, or impure, or greedy person, which amounts to being an idolater, you're putting these things above God, No person that does these things has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. That's what the word says. 
but in this, we cannot forego God's grace in our lives. You are not made perfect at the time of salvation. Your sins are forgiven. And if you are saved, when you do these improper things, or when I do these improper things, there needs to be a repentance. And not as a religious act, because your heart has truly been circumcised by the Lord. That you're not carried away by your emotions or your feelings. We fall trapped to them. The flesh is real, folks. And so are some of the attacks and some of the whispers of the evil one who comes after you because you're a Christian. And the, the more responsibility the Lord gives you in the way, the more the attacks are going to come. You're not going to survive every single one of them without falling. So you have to under, you have to know the entirety of scripture to really understand this, that you will fall. And even in those things that are mentioned here, but you are not going to lose your inheritance in God. We simply need to repent, and the Holy Spirit will do that inside of you. If you are born again, you're going to feel bad. Maybe you should feel worse for what you did, but God meets you exactly where you're at. Okay? Maybe you used to do way worse than that, and so you think, well, you know... <laughs> You know, I used to cheat on my spouse, but now I just looked at a porn image. So it's lesser, and maybe you think it's not such a big deal, but there should still be that conviction on your heart. And if there isn't, you need to pray for that conviction on your heart and repent. So... Uh, let me just look at the comments real quick. I'm going to wrap up. It's been an hour. I'm going to wrap up here, but I'm going to give you what the Lord showed me about the uh, parable of the talents. I wonder if anyone, uh, there's about a 15 second delay, but I wonder if anyone has just a wild guess of where I'm going on it. Uh, Yeah, uh, some really great comments in the chat today. Thank you all. Bless you. So why did I give the parable of the talents? Well, when I started this chapter, it says to be an imitator of God. And I made the statement that if we sacrifice our time and spend more time with him, making him kind of the number one person in our inner circle, or at least in the top five, depending where you're at, folks, at least in the top five. Uh, he needs to be number one, but sometimes you'll, you listen, we're all on a different path. Maybe you spend more time with your best friend than you do Jesus. 
that could change. You can pray for that change. Or you can willfully sacrifice your time and make that change yourself. But what the Lord showed me in this is instead of, you know, it being about money and, uh, and by the way, it, it is really geared towards money because what you do with your money, um, really most of the time is going to show your heart. That's where your heart is. And no, this isn't me begging for donations, but if you actually grow from this ministry, is your heart in it? I'm just putting that out there, folks. Um, yeah, just putting that out there. But let me show you what the uh, the Holy Spirit said to me this morning. Instead, let's make that talent what you do with the word of God. Are you the one who multiplies it? You take the word of God, you go out into the world and you multiply his word by sharing it with others, by sharing your life, by letting your light shine, by getting fruit. Is it the fruit of your walk in the Lord? Are you multiplying what he has given you. And by being entrusted with that talent, and the talent could be just spending the time with the Lord in prayer. And by the way, uh, going back to Singapore, why aren't more of you on Singapore? Is it because you're selfish? It's Saturday night, it's Wednesday night, and you're too selfish? with your time to join. Look, when uh, when it was announced, it was on Saturday night. Saturday night is the end of my Sabbath, and it's my date night with my wife. And I have to honor my wife sometimes and have a date with her on that. But a lot of the time, I sacrifice that time of a date with her, and it's really the only night we have. I want to be honest. It's really the only night that we have just in the way that our life is configured currently. But sometimes I'm able to, most of the time I'm able to sacrifice that time uh, loving my wife, but still joining the prayer. Prayer and our togetherness is one of the highest callings we have. I'll leave that with you. But here's the other thing he showed me. And let me just go back and read um, this part here. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to find it. Oh, it's the very last part. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance from the one who does not have. Even what he does have shall be taken away. Oh, sorry. 
So the one that had the five talents, I, for some reason, I'm just not seeing it right now. I apologize. More was given, and he was given 10 talents. And so 10 is a multiple number that is very biblical in many, in so many spots in the word of God. And this book of Ephesians has the epistle of the, to the Ephesians has six chapters. If you do a multiple of 10, if we steward who we are in Christ, the first three chapters and how to walk out our life in Christ, I'm going to suggest to you that this epistle is complete in many ways. And if we steward the words in just this epistle, 10 times six is 66 or 66 books in the Bible. I think that if we take the words of just this book of Ephesians, this is a simple, how simple God is. It's not complicated. If we could just walk out this, we are doing what we're called to do from Genesis to Revelation. Just in the book of Ephesians. The simplicity of Christ and his word. Be a steward of this word. Be a steward of what the Lord is showing us through this book of Ephesians. Wow. Tell me if, if that made sense to you. I hope I was able to convey it with clarity. To me, it was a bit of an aha moment, if you can call it that. Anyways, may God bless each and every one of you, and I'll see you later on in this week. Uh, just to give you, there most likely will be a Tuesday show. Oh, sorry, there will be a Tuesday show this week. Um, it will be an interview. On Wednesday, I'm planning to do a Podbean Live. And on Thursday, we'll continue the Mass Deception series. And on Friday, for those who support me on uh, Podbean, and I've only once done something special for people, and some people have supported me for a couple of years on there, but I don't want to give secret information or intel uh, normally to them, but I at first did the, the Proverbs for them just because I felt something on my heart I wanted to do, give back to those who have been faithful in supporting me. Uh, by the way, I do have PayPal as well. The links are in the description. Uh, but I believe on Friday, if you're one of those who supports me on Podbean, uh, I'm going to read my notes from the reawakening tour and I'm going to go through each speaker that I was present at and took the notes. You'll be surprised at some of my notes. They're uh, quite the opposite of what I really feel, uh, but I took myself out and I tried to leave my biases and just record their words and give my impressions kind of like a reporter would have done. And uh, it's surprising. Some that I think are good, um, turned out to be uh, bad by my notes and some that I think are bad 
turned out to be good by my notes. So um, I won't ask you to put too much stock in it and judge people by these notes, but I think they'll be very revealing. And the reason I'm doing it behind, I guess, the paywall, as they say, it's because I don't want people to just take sound clips of me saying this person is good or this person is bad. Uh, it's for that reason I'm going to do it. But I spent the time down there and part of it, I was enabled by the support of those who did it. So I'm going to give back and I'm going to ask that those people do not share it uh, publicly. And by some of you actually have joined the uh, YouTube channel here as well um, as support. And for those who have chosen that route rather than on Podbean, I'm going to include you with those notes and uh, in that recording. So, you know, I want to make sure everyone is taken care of. So enough of my blattering and uh, rambling on. May God bless each and every one of you. And remember, love your God. Put him first. Make him the center of influence in your life. Love your God. Don't be an idolater. Put him first in all things. And love your family as well. Love your neighbor as yourself and your wife or husband as yourself. And actually go out into the world and make a difference in your community. <laughs>